welcome to episode 29 of the Night Gallery Podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about the flip side of Satan. It's the uh, the last story from episode 3, season 2. Uh, and it's a little unusual. It's a little unusual because it's the only one-hander story in all of Night Gallery. It's the only one featuring only one actor in the main role. And this is even more surprising than the fact because it's 17 minutes long. But let's, uh, let's let Rod introduce us to our story. We refer to him by different names. Lucifer, Mephistopheles, Beelzebub. But by any other name, he'd smell of brimstone. These are the ingredients to a one-man stew, a disc jockey, a radio show, and a painting we call The Flip Side of Satan. So we've got J.J. Wilson, who is a disc jockey, and he's doing the night shift at a, at a new job in a, called, a radio station called KAPH. It's a tiny station, very difficult uh, to pick it up, uh, pick up a signal from it because it's so small. It only speaks to a to a very uh, very isolated number of people, and this is also because, due to the fact that um, you know it's it's in the middle of nowhere as well. Uh, JJ struggles to get to get there first off. Also, his uh, shift is not an adi- a desirable one. It's midnight till six. He's also, to compound his problems, he's only allowed to play the records that are uh, that he's told to, numbered in numerical order, on blank sleeves, with no indication of what they actually contain. Also, he's uh, when he arrives, trying to give himself grand, you know, a grand entrance, he finds out he's on his own. There's no one else there. He hasn't got a producer or anybody else. He's just there to play the records that he's told. His anger peaks at this stage because he's told when he play, puts his first, he does his introduction, he puts the first record on record one literally, and it's just funeral organ music. And enraged and angered, and disgusted almost, I would say, he decides to phone up his agent. I'll tell you what, career. The, the career that's put your amorphous frame behind the wheel of a new car every year. That helped to build that house on the island and, and kept Emily from going bananas much sooner than she did. That's what... Co- what, what, what do you... What do you... Oh, now I get it. It took a while, Sid, for that light bulb over my head to turn on, but... You thought Emily and me were having... Mm-hmm. Good. And that's why you arranged this gig for me in Lower Slobovia. Sid, I'm surprised at you. Emily was your wife. I always considered myself your best friend. Those weekends I went away, it was fishing with Bert Fox. If Emily happened to be away at the same time, it was just a coincidence. Now, you check with Bert if you want. Sid, well, let's not plant weeds on Emily's grave. She loved you very much. You could see it in her face when she looked at you. And believe me, Sid, no matter what anyone says, it was an accident. Emily had too much to live for. Well, you you know what I mean. Sid, uh, let me get in touch with you later. And uh, look, I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry about those things I said. It all sounds a bit suspicious. So effectively, he's phones his agents up and he's, he's getting quite a lot of... Um, 
a lot of grief. He, it sounds like he's been up to something. He'd been up to something with his uh, his agent's wife. Um, he then puts on another record, and again, this is um, this sort of record that he plays is again funeral organ music, very very dark, dry, and you know not very suitable for for any kinds of uh, any kind of radio station. But certainly not suitable to JJ style. So he pho- but he decides then to phone up a second person, and um, he phones up a friend who's basically who'd been covering for him. Uh, um, about that favor, I talked to Sydney, and somehow he got the idea that Emily and I were seeing each other before, well, you know, before she tried making a Greek tragedy out of her suburban life. You didn't tell him anything, did you? No, of course I trust you. Yeah, but uh, just in case he gets in touch, uh, remember about the weekend's fishing? That's right. Just you and me and a bunch of smelly trout. Who said I was afraid of him? I just don't like hurting people, Bert. You know that. Besides, Sydney's been like a father to me. I like to think I kept Emily from doing what she was destined to do much sooner. That's right, Bert. Who's better than JJ? At this stage, obviously, we have a far better idea exactly what um, the kind of man JJ really is. He then, um, after after get basically asking what yet again to get his friend to cover for him, what um, and, and lie uh, about the affair, he uh, he comes to the conclusion that all these records are a joke by the other DJs to make it to make, to make him feel uh, feel bad uh, to you know just as a a gag initiation gag almost um he puts the third another record on and again it is um it is organ music but more than that it also contains um a man who is basically calling on lucifer to take somebody's soul he's jj snaps had enough removes that record and goes, you know what, I'll play one of my own songs. I don't care about the radio station rules. It's obviously a joke anyway. So here's the latest hit from this new band that I know. Puts the record on, and rather than it being, you know, the latest tune from a pop-hip combo, it's actually, um, instead, more chanting. And it becomes more obvious that this this chanting and, and this music and the... Uh, the words the on the record is saying is actually saying to him that um, they're going to offer up JJ's soul to Satan. Um, and unsurprisingly, JJ panics, tries to get out the room. He sees on the wall that there are loads of DJ's uh, pictures of former greats for the station. But what it does say is that these former greats have all only played there for one night. JJ, well, tries to escape, finds out the door is locked, and decides that the only way he can possibly get out of this place is to turn the power off, to power down, and then run, basically. Um, 
he reaches to turn off all the power from the, uh, the electricity for the station to shut the station down, but is electrocuted. And our final and closing shot is of JJ's picture up on the wall, staring out over, um, staring out over the radio station, joining the masses of those who already whose souls have already been condemned to Satan. What I'd say about this story, first off, is that um, well, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky because um, I don't know. Art Johnson. I don't know him. I never saw. Uh, I'm Ronan Martin's laughing. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm English. Um, so I I, I, did, I mean, I, the only thing I know about it was it gave Goldie Hawn a, a big start up. So I think a lot of people, when they saw this this episode, would would be been a bit surprised that a man who who was mainly known for comedy, although he had done serious roles in the past, was actually doing something quite like this. Um, basically straight up horror in effect um, but uh, that doesn't affect me and I, I, I think uh, so you can take what you can from his role um, I think that the character is, um, is, is, a, is an unusual one and he's basically JJ is, is a duplicitous person and uh, he's like he wants to be the centre of the party but he doesn't mind what he does at that party. You know what I mean? He wants everyone to like him, but he doesn't care who he upsets. And Art Johnson, I think, manages to carry off a fair bit of that in what is a difficult character to maintain, but and you know a, a good one to to sh- you know to show. I mean, it's a good one to show off to. I mean, he's he's only got 17 minutes to try and show this. This guy initially you just think he's a bit of a burk, and then the darkness appears, and then it's a resolution. It's very, very short, really, to try and have that kind of character arc. And I think, um, I think he does a decent enough job at it. Uh, Mickey Rooney was going to do it at one point, but backed out because he didn't like the script. I mean, JJ is a character that veers from absurdity to being pretty nasty and he does it like flicks on and off particularly in you know these phone calls which gives all the background basically to what's going on um i think you know that i think that works really well um i think the re- one of the main reasons why it works really well is because of the direction of uh, gerald freeman uh gerald uh, basically gets a fair few of the not particularly good stories the shorter ones to do to direct uh, but he always seems to manage to pull it off quite well. Marmalade wine, which we're going to talk to talk about in a few weeks, is another great example of that. Um, so he gets stuck with some of the less good stuff, but he always manages to, to do the right thing and make it work. Um, it's a complicated... You know, it's, it, how he did it, he had a day and a half to do it. And, um, I mean, it was a real rush job. The first day, apparently, he said he was just trying to get the shot sorted out because it was such a complicated set. Um... And the second second day was literally just shoot, 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 and get as much as you can done. So I think in that sense, some of the criticisms of the story, um, which people have, is probably based on once again there being just too much, you know, trying to get too much done in such a short space of time, which is a reoccurring problem with Night Gallery. It seems like it it works best when the stars align, you know, what I mean, rather than through any kind of real design. Um, 
Also, it is, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned, I, mean, I always mention because it's a great book and it's a basis for a lot of my research. Um, Rod Serling's Night Galleries After Our Tour, the uh, Scott Skelton and Jim Benson book. And they don't like this episode. And I think the reason why they don't like it is because of the Art Johnson issue. They think he doesn't give the character enough weight. Um, you know, enough twi ticks or twists to kind of get a full feel for the man. I think that's um, that's true to a point. But I think the weakness is in the writing more than that if you're going to criticise it for that. Because you just don't, I mean, you just don't get enough time to really get a feel for why he deserves to be sent to hell. Um also as well there's not a lot of time in terms of getting a, a good feel for the story in terms of what you know there's no backstory to why this is happening I mean you you get the feel that the agent stitched him up and it's something that um, that Johnson alludes to himself and like normally that's okay for a story like this to be a bit more you know a bit more um, vague I mean you know you don't need to explain everything all the time, uh, but in this case, you can. You do feel a bit adrift, and it does kind of, as it escalates quite quickly, it does become very difficult to get a grip on very quickly as well. But that said, I do think I do enjoy it. I really like the story. Um, I like the idea. It has a real good feel to it. It feels like it's a night shift. It feels late at night when you're watching it. It feels, you know, like it's like anything could happen. That kind of. Um, in more modern circles, more modern films, something like Pontypool, that kind of radio station feel. And also, I said, I mentioned the fact it was a, a one-hander, and it feels like you know, I mean, it, it does do well to carry that story across, to be the centre of attention for that amount of time. I think he's really, he's really good in that sense. Um, also, I suppose it's important to mention the music which was uh, Jill Millay and John Lewis. They did a great job of creating uh, the actual, the, you know, the, the music, not just the, the incidental music as well, but also these dark, um, dark funeralistic tones. A lot of the music in Night Gallery is quite either traditional kind of TV music almost, or like really experimental, um, obviously like the intro and whatever. But um, in this case, they've had to do something very different, and I think they do it really well. Um, it feels right. It feels like those these records that could have been there for a you know, hundred years, let alone. Um, also, just to, more to give you the details, really, uh, the teleplay was written by Malcolm uh, Marmstein and Gerald Stanford, Sanford. Um, they wrote the script. As I was saying, it, it did have to get a bit of work done. Uh, uh, Mickey Rooney, who was off the part, turned it down pretty much based on the fact he didn't like the way the script was getting rewritten. Um, it's also, also, just so you know, it's based on a story by uh, Hal Dresner. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's great. I mean, just, yeah, I think it closed the story really well, this episode really well. Um, basically, I mean, I feel like since Alan came to stay, it's a good little story. I mean, I didn't like the Apologies to Hyde. I made that very clear last week. But I think Flipside's the story closed up quite well. Um, we're in a real good purple patch, really, for uh, Night Gallery at present. There's a lot of good quality stories coming up. Uh, and uh, So, yeah, I mean, I'm you know looking through what I've got to do next, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to speak about it. Usual housekeeping. Um, the website 
www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com is up and live. Um, if you want to go and have a look, please do. Some really good stuff there for you to, uh, to check out. Uh, we'll be trying to add as much content as we can, as often as we can, uh, and that obviously includes the podcast, which is obviously still the priority of the, sh- of the website, but also some news and features and, and reviews as and when we get a chance to do. Uh, thanks to Tom, as always. And uh, thanks for yourself for all your support and listening. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can do on my Twitter account, my personal one, which is at orange underscore monkey. Uh, I've been doing shouts out for feedback. If you want to send any, send it to chris at thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Um, also, um, you can get hold. You can, you know, there's a Facebook page, uh, our own, you know, there's a Twitter account as well, which is Twilight Zone Net. Um, so there's plenty of ways for you to uh, contact us and say hello and say what you think of the show. Any ideas for how to improve it, or um, any opinions and feedback on episodes that are coming up as well, if you wish. Okay, so next week we have got a fear of spiders, so um, which is a great little story, a mental mental special effect, but a great story. So I look forward to speaking to you about that. But to uh, to finish off, I've been asked to play a song, so I think I should just leave it. I don't know what it is. It's just on a blank cover, but I'm sure it'll be fine. There won't be any problems there. Hopefully, see you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Gamigan.